Well, this morning we're going to talk about having a heart for the house. And uh, we're going to talk to you about the vision of this house. Amen. Without a vision, the people are perishing. They run without restraint and go wild. That's what that means. Amen. So we have to have vision so that we're going in the same direction. And so what is a vision? It's a mental picture of what should be, fueled by the passion of what we desire it to be. Vision or a mental picture of what should be. How many know that we're not what we should be? But we have a vision of what we should be. And it's to be able to get there, you have to have a passion to do it. Amen. And so um, this morning, it's been a, a bit and, and we haven't um, shared a whole lot on our vision statement. But nonetheless, I want to share with you uh, during this, uh, ne- this month and we're going to be focusing on a heart for the house in the month of November. It is a month that is known for generosity. Right? And so we're going to talk about the heart for the house. This vision statement of One Life Church, if we have it there, we'll look at it together. Vision statement is simply this One Life Church aspires to encounter God, to equip believers, to empower followers, and to engage our culture with love. Amen. If you ever Forget it, just look in the sides of the building. So One Life Church, we're here to and aspire to encounter God, equip believers, empower followers, and engage our culture with love. Right? Amen. Three of you. Let's say it together. All right, are you ready? One Life Church, I said together. (laughs) All right, let's say it. You ready? One Life Church aspires to encounter God, equip believers, empower followers, and engage our culture with love. Amen? So how do we accomplish this? We accomplish this on four platforms. And our, our scripture for our vision is Acts 1 and 8. And the Bible says, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in four areas. In Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. This is the four, we call this, I call this the four platforms in which our vision is built. In Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so Jerusalem is the local church. It's one life church. It's the epicenter. Every major, every team has a home field. Every, every uh, storm has an eye. It has a, a source from which it draws its power. It's, it's known as the epicenter. It is where the, the source of strength comes from. 
and we have to have a local church that is strong. We have to have a local church that has a strong, firm foundation in which we are built upon so that we can reach out to the other three areas or three platforms that God would have us to build upon. So One Life Church is our Jerusalem. It is the place that we give voice to. It is the place that we get directive from. It is the place where that we meet with God and God meets with us. And then we go from this place and we encounter other people and we fulfill the vision of One Life Church, not just here in Jerusalem, but everywhere that we go. Amen? But it all begins right here. It all begins right here. That's the reason why it's important to be in the house of God. Amen. You can't, you can't be a part of the vision if, if you're not hearing the vision. Right? And so as, our heart, as we release our hearts, as we release what is in our spirit from Sunday to Sunday, week to week, it builds line upon line, precept upon precept, and we are able to uh, lay a foundation, and not only a foundation, but build a spiritual house that God can bless in. And then we have not only the Jerusalem, but the Judea. And Judea is uh, the, the community around us. That's the reason why that we're doing what we're doing here this evening. It's to reach our community and let them know that you can have a good time and it don't have to have the world involved in it. You don't have to have alcohol and you don't have to have drugs and you don't have to have an immoral lifestyle to enjoy life, but you can, you can have fun and enjoy your life, amen, in a good way. In a good way. So we desire to affect our community in a good way to let them know. Because for a long time, the church was known as, as a place that only was trying to extract from people. Even today, people that don't know the real heartbeat of the church think that, that, that we're just here to try to get something from them. Amen? You know, especially preachers. All that preacher wants is my money. Right? How many's heard that? Man, I got news for you. You don't have enough money. Right? The vision is bigger than any given one of us. And it's not about, you know, the preacher getting money. That's not, that's not it at all. It's about the kingdom of God being advanced. And so it's about the kingdom. So we do outreach so that people will know. That's the reason why that we, we put the book out. That's the reason why that we've went door to door all over this community and, and giving away free things. And, you know, and remember when we gave out the first aid kits and we gave out the books. You know, I still get messages on those first aid kits. I really do. We, we get messages on the books. Why? Because we, we are investing in our community. We're investing in souls. And it may not come all up at the same time, but I promise you that our community is being affected because we're here. Amen? And so we continue to reach out and we continue to do ministry uh, in Jerusalem and also in Judea. And so we're going to continue to do that. And then we go into Samaria. And Samaria is uh, aff affiliate churches. It is, it is reaching further than just the region. It is, uh, you know, we, and probably most of you know this, but we have helped to plant many churches. Amen. We've invested in many, 
many ministries that have, that, that have been connected with us and we've invested in them and Impact Church is one of them that, uh, and, and, and Pastor comes here sometimes, I'll go there uh, from time to time, but they're, they're uh, just outside of Wheeling there and uh, you know they're going strong, got a couple hundred people there on a given Sunday. Their, their only problem is the building's too small and they don't have any parking. That's a good problem to have, right? Living Grace, I was there and preached Pastor Appreciation a few weeks ago uh, in Virginia, and, and that church is going strong. And we have a part in that. Amen. We, we've invested seed into those ministries. So, you know, the blessing doesn't just come by seeing uh, for them uh, getting people saved, but we'll have reward in that. Amen. But then, and, and I could, there's some other churches, but I won't go into all of that, but just for examples. But then Samaria is also, it, it, it is known as the, it's known as the, um, the bad side of town. Samaria is the dirty place. Samaria is, is the undesirable place to live. Amen? And it speaks to us about the undesirable. It speaks to us about the people that, that nobody wants. It speaks to us about people that, that other people have already written off and said they're of no value, they're of no good, they, there isn't any help for them, right? And, and, but I say to you today that, that we want the unwanted. We desire the undesirable. Because some of the greatest joys that I have in ministry is seeing those that other people have given up on. And watch them experience and have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and shift and change everything in their life and cause a hope and a future to come to them. Amen? Amen. And so today we thank God for that privilege and opportunity. Amen. One of the outreaches that we have in Samaria, if you want to look at it that way, is true hope. Amen. People, other people have, may have given up on, but we got true hope. Amen. It's more than just a ministry, but it's a, it's a fact. It's true hope. Amen. Amen. And so we celebrate that and we rejoice in that and we thank God for the lives that are being changed through this outreach ministry right here of One Life Church so that we can, we can be an impact and we can affect people's lives that... that maybe have been given up on, but God hasn't given up on nobody. Amen? And so we thank God for that. And, uh, you know, in talking about a heart for the house in this month of, of uh, November, and, and speaking of True Hope, we're going to be raising some money because we need a couple of minivans. And we don't need no junk. We need some good stuff, right? And so... What we're believing God for is, is by this time that, that God is going to help us to raise the funds to buy some nice, don't have to be brand new, but they got to run. They got to, they got to be good. Amen. Oh, and so, uh, and God is going to help us. So if, I want you to pray with me about that. Amen. Pray with me about that. And, and I believe God is going to help us to be able to do that. Amen. And then. We go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and then the ends of the earth. This is our world missions. 
And I don't uh, have a problem with um, uh, giving to other things and all of that, but I enjoy seeing what we've invested in. I have a good, one of my best friends is in the world missions in the church of God, and, and I love him, and I thank God for him, and he'll probably be here someday uh, to minister for us, but, but the reality of it is, is we can be able to invest in something that we watch in our seed begin to develop and mature and to grow, and so we can continue to see that happen, right? And so that's the reason we're invested in a couple of places. One of them is in Honduras, right? And I was just back from there, and God is doing great things. I think I shared with you uh, the tremendous crusade that we have there, and many, many people were saved. Uh, uh, without exaggeration, hundreds of people, if not thousands, were saved, and we thank God for that. we uh, seen God do some mighty things because they, they trusted us. Because they trusted us. Now... Um, Honduras, we went there, I believe it was about five years ago, and we did a crusade in Coupon, and there was no church there. The pastor had about 12 people he had gathered together, and they was having a service in their home, and he asked that I would come and do a crusade there and help them. And so out of that crusade, they planted a church in Coupon. That was five years ago. When I returned this year, um, to do the net, this crusade, um, they, I found a church that was alive and vibrant and uh, had over 500 people in it. Amen. Amen. Not only that, but our hospital that we helped to get on the ground. I talked to Dr. Josue and went and talked with him and met with him and the hospital is going well, still ministering to people. Uh, not only are they uh, ministering to them physically, but I forget exactly how many it was, but I think it was over 300 people that have been saved that give their heart to Christ because they don't just see it as, as a healing center of the, of the body, but they see it as salvation for the soul. Amen. And so they share the gospel with them there and people are giving their hearts and lives to Christ. It's a wonderful thing. I went by the, the halfway house where the, the, the prisoners can come by and, and, and learn a skill and a trade. And, and I went by the church that we built there just next door to that and seen the results of our seed, your seed that you sowed into the ground. And, and, and there's a harvest that is coming back from that every single week, every single day. People's lives are being changed in Honduras because of the commitment and the and we believe in the vision of reaching the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. I want can Jordan can you show that picture? Uh, the church have has uh, 500 in it now, but I don't know how well you can see this picture. But this is what they're started on a 1,500 seat auditorium. Amen. Said amen. amen. Now, in these third world countries, you don't go to the bank and borrow money to do something. You get the money, you do what you can do. And right now, they got the footers poured on this. Uh, they bought the property, first of all. They got the property. It's about 15 acres. They've, they've laid the footers and the foundation for this um, building, and they're getting ready to erect the walls. Amen. amen. And uh, they, uh, 
didn't promise me, but they said that soon when you come back, you'll be preaching on, and they took me to the place. They said this, they walked me through it. They said, here's where the stage is. Over here is where, over here is where that the praise team will be practicing and they'll meet before service and pray and believe God. And, and they walked me over here and they said, here's where that we'll be having our, our prayer services uh, 24 hours a day. Where people be praying in this building and, and believing God for the miraculous things to take place. They walked me through the entire building and all there is is a footer and foundation right now. What is that? That's vision. That's vision. And here's the thing, would, if, if one life wasn't involved, would it happen? I don't know. But what I do know is because we're involved, it is happening. Amen. Amen. Because we're involved, it is happening. And so I thank God for that. I thank God. We, you know, we, this summer we went to Zambia and we spent uh, some time there. We, we drilled uh, two wells while we were there. We drilled two other wells since then. Uh, in Zambia, they're in the middle of a drought. Amen. And um, they, 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 they're, they're even um, the wells. They have to guard the wells and protect the wells because people are scared that the wells are going to go dry, and so they'll go and try to lock up the wells so they're the only ones that can get the water. So you have to have the, the headsman go around to the wells and make sure that nobody locks up the wells so everybody can enjoy the water because they're scared to death they're not going to have any water. That's, that's the reality of where they're at. Amen? But because of your investment, because of people believing in the vision of One Life Church we, and, and other churches, there's a couple of other churches that have joined with us in this uh, endeavor and and because of that commitment we we have seen uh, four wells drilled there in those villages there's there's 20 villages in all of uh, Zambia and it is our goal to put at least one well in every village amen, amen. at least one well in every village so that they don't have to go and, and drink out of a swamp and right now that is not even a swamp to drink out of and so uh, we, we see this as a result of people believing in the vision. We have, have not only that, but the, the, we use that, as you know, as a platform to do a crusade. Amen? Amen? And we see many people saved in those crusades. We see people's lives changed, and we're, we're not in major cities. People say, aren't you afraid that you'll go over there and they'll blow up the hotel? No, I don't stay in those kind of hotels. Where we stay, they're not going to be blowing it up. Amen? And so you don't have to worry about that. But what I know is this, is I know that because of the vision that God is helping us to be able to fulfill the vision of the house, going into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so I think today you ought to give yourself a good uh, hand clap because we are fulfilling the vision of this house. It is not a complete, but it is a journey. Amen? I want to talk to you this morning on the first E, and that is to encounter God. A few couple of years ago, we, 
we had experienced God, but I didn't feel like that that was strong enough because a lot of people have an experience, but they're not changed. You can have an experience and not be changed, but you cannot have an encounter and not be changed. Amen. The reality is we all have one life to live. And we should live life to the fullest. We encounter a lot of things in life, but the one thing that matters is that we encounter God. We're thankful for relationships. That's the reason we encourage life groups so strongly. It's the reason why that we encourage uh, one another to, to invest in one another. Amen? If you haven't signed up for life groups, you can still come and be a part. And I know tonight we're going to be having trunk or treat, but it's not too late to get involved and to just get to know each other because the fact of it is you'll never know. You can sit on the same pew every Sunday with somebody and never know them. It's reality. I was at a church the other week and, and people made the statement, said, I've been coming to this church for 20 years. And since we started, they call it a different thing, but it's life groups to us. Said, we've been, I've been coming here for 20 years and knew these people's name, but never knew who they were until we started having, I think it, they call it house fires or something, where they go and have groups together so that they get to know one another and have relationship. We, and so we, it's wonderful to do that. But the greatest level of, of relationship is when we have a God encounter. When we encounter God, amen? You see, the preparation is up to leadership. We, it is on our shoulders as leaders to prepare for the Sunday services, to prepare for, for a God to come and to move and to minister and, and to pray ourselves full and, 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 and allow the Spirit of God to move in our services. It's up to leadership to make the preparation, but the encounter is up to you. Amen? Amen? All of this is for him. Everything that we do. We have some of the greatest servants' hearts around here, and people don't even know. Amen. Serving each and every week in some capacity. There's people that behind the scenes that are doing things that, that nobody even knows about. You know? Most people know Brother Jim as the candy man. But what they don't know is he brings me a bacon, an egg, and cheese biscuit every Sunday. And a tea. Glory to God. That's the reason I preach so good. <laughs> Amen. But nobody knows that. But I'm thankful for it. Amen. You see, we have people serving. We have people serving in the parking lot. How many has ever come in here when it's raining and somebody greets you with an umbrella? Ain't that nice? That's good. You know, we don't even pay them for that. But how many know that God does? He keeps good records. And they'll be rewarded for that in heaven. You say, well, that's not spiritual. It's spiritual if you don't get wet. Amen. Amen. Everything we do, we do it for him. We serve for him. We worship for him. We give for him. Amen. The goal of our worship services each and every Sunday, it isn't just, you know, it's wonderful if the house is packed, but the reality of it is that's not our goal. Our goal is each and every Sunday that people encounter God. Amen. 
that whoever's here, if it's full or if there's a few, that those who come into this place have a God encounter, that they encounter him and they know his goodness, his mercy, his power. Amen. Because if people don't have a God encounter, everything that we do is in vain. Amen. Our sole purpose is to create a meeting place between people and God. I'm going to say that again. Our sole purpose is to make a places of meeting between people and God. And that's what we're to do, not just here in this house, but us each and every day. That we, we create an atmosphere where the people can encounter God. You see, I really believe that one encounter with God can change your whole life. I really believe that one encounter with God can change everything in your life. It was a Moses that was messed up when he had an encounter with God. God's hand was upon his life. There was no doubt that his hand was upon his life. But even though that God's hand was upon him, he was a total mess. Amen. He had a great calling. He knew that he was different, but he, he had tried to live his, his life with, that had a purpose, had meaning, but yet he tried to do it on his own, and his life was a mess. He killed an Egyptian for the first 40 years of his life. It was terribly wrong. He was trying to do everything in his power instead of having a God encounter. And before we, the, that we would begin to point fingers at Moses, I would submit to you today that it's one of the greatest challenges of America today, and it is a spirit of humanism. And it's not just in the world, but it's in the church. Whether we're operating on the arms of flesh, where the things are worked out through the flesh, and we all we are seeing is the parades of flesh. Yes, God works through men, but I want to tell you that it's more than just a man, but there's got to be an experience of the supernatural. There has to be a working in your life where that it's more than just you that is doing the work, but it's a God in you that is being exalted and glorified. Amen. Because if we don't, we'll end up like Moses. He, he, his life ends up good, but his, after his first 40 years, he finds himself 40 years old and still working for his daddy-in-law. Now, I don't know how you want to cut it, but I want to tell you if that happens, there's, that something ain't went right. Amen? 40 years old and living in your father-in-law's basement? That ain't the dream you started out with. Amen. But praise God, he continued to persist. He continued to walk out and he has a God encounter. Sometimes, you see, it was in that lonely place. It was in that dry place. It was in that on the backside of the desert where nobody was watching, nobody was looking, but it was there that he has an encounter with God. Sometimes the most unexpected places of your life is the times when you will have a God encounter. In those places where that you're not even expecting it, you're just doing all you know to do. You're working your work, you're believing God. God and you're putting one foot in front of the other and you continue to be faithful to his heavenly call and all of a sudden out of nowhere the bush begins to be consumed. Amen. 
Moses went to the mountain of God. He went to the mountain of Horeb. And it was there that he has this God encounter where that the Bible says that the bush was consumed or burned up, but it was not being consumed. It wasn't something unnatural for bushes to catch on fire. It was the middle of the desert. But what was this encounter about? Whenever that, that bush began to blaze, nothing else around it began to burn. Nothing, the brush fire didn't set off. Even the, the bush itself was not being consumed by the fire. This was the supernatural power. This was whenever hu humanism met supernatural. This is when he could he seen something that he could not explain. And I want to tell you today that it is the thing that the church is missing. We've, we've got too much stuff we can explain. We've got too much stuff that is humanism. That we're just saying, well, if we can't explain it, let's stop that. And let's stop speaking in tongues because it might scare somebody. Let's put it off over here in the corner because we don't want anybody falling out. We can't explain it. But I want to tell you it's time the church has an encounter with God again and sees some things that you cannot explain. That you can bring the crippled in and you can't explain how they walked out, but they're walking now. The eyes are open, the deaf are hearing, the demons are cast out and the power of God is manifest in their life. That's what we need today, my brothers and sisters, is the supernatural power of God. I'm not interested in what man's flesh can do. I want to see a supernatural encounter that will shift everything in my life, that will shift our family, that will shift our church, that will shift our region. The fire of God that changes his life and equips him to fulfill God's purpose over his life. Can I tell you, the call upon your life will never be fulfilled in your own flesh. The call of God will only be fulfilled whenever you have a burning bush experience, when you have an encounter with God that consumes everything you are and begins to show you who he is. Amen. The burning bush is not consumed. It's supernatural. You have to have a personal encounter with God. You'll never be changed with somebody else's experience. They can, they can cause hope to rise in your own heart, you see. By me telling you my testimony, hope should rise in your heart to believe God for something great. But it's not going to change your situation until you have an encounter with Him. And when you have an encounter, then things will begin to shift in your life. Amen. It was not until Moses encountered God that he discovered real life. It's not until you have an encounter with God that you really discover who you are. You discover real life. If you've never had a God encounter, you never discovered who, what real life really is. Amen. No one's life is any more dysfunctional than Moses's. Amen. Like many of us, he was searching. He was trying, but he never discovered life until he encountered God. But one thing that is needful, that'll change the whole story, that'll rewrite the story of your life, is whenever you experience the goodness of God.
Amen. When you experience the goodness of God, a divine encounter, every successful person in the Bible had a God encounter. Amen. They had a God encounter. They had a, to have a breakthrough. They had to have a God encounter. People like Abraham, the father of the faith. People like Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Elijah and Elisha and Peter and Paul and all of the apostles. They all had a God encounter. But at some point in their lives, something happened that their lives would never be the same again. And that is that they, they would experience something in their lives that, that the natural could not make happen. They continued to live under the divine favor of God. When they experienced him, they experienced the fullness of his power. They walked under an open heavens that gave them favor on their life. Amen. Some people don't understand favor. But I believe it ought to be an everyday occurrence in your life. To enjoy the favor of God. Amen. Nearly every morning I thank God for the favor of God upon my life and Renee and my family, Jordan and Destiny. I thank God when I get up in the mornings. Thank you, Father God, for the favor that is upon our house today. Amen. Amen. Because favor can do for you something money can't buy. Amen. And it's in the little things, simple things that we don't, we don't see sometimes. Can I tell you a quick little story? All right. Thank you. Simple things. We, we was, uh, say we, myself and, and Pastor Jonathan Morgan, y'all know him. And uh, we was, um, we was out coon hunting one night. And uh, I was in North Carolina with him. And uh, my dogs are smarter than his. And, uh, but the coon went across this large river. I'm not talking about just a creek. I'm talking about a river, large river. And um, so um, I don't know how much this story to tell you. Uh, but anyways, I caught my dogs before they got across the river. But his, his dog got across the river and and treed the coon, and I could see the dog and the coon in the tree, but it was, couldn't get across the river. So um, after much consideration, he decided he was going to go across the river, walk across, get across that river. And um, that didn't go well. And so we uh, said, all right, we've got to do something here. So we, we started praying. We said, God, we thank you that we are the favorite of the Lord. We thank you and give us wisdom and and we just bless you and thank you for favor. And this young guy, he had a young guy with him and hadn't been saved very long. And uh, he didn't know a whole lot about church. And he says, what's his favor stuff? And Pastor Jonathan said, well, we just believe in God. He's going to help us to get across there and get that dog. I told him what I'd do, but he didn't like that idea. And so, anyways, <laughs> we, uh, we said, we thank you for the favor of the Lord. And so, as we're going down the road, we call... Uh, we call uh, uh, Dicks, I think it was. They were closed. We called another place. We was trying to find a boat. We was trying to. We we even knocked on some doors. We couldn't find anything. 
and, and we was going up the road, and all of a sudden, Pastor Jonathan said, I know where there's a, a inner tube. I said, okay. And we go and get that inner tube. And we look there beside the road, and there's a paddle. I'm telling you the truth. I said, that's your dog. I ain't going. But we thank you for the favor of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. He went across there and got that dog, brought it back. That's favor. Amen. The greatest favor was it wasn't my dog. But anyways, just the small things. You know, the small things. We need to thank God for the small things so that he'll give us the greater. Right? And if we can enjoy the small things, then maybe we can experience the greater things of God. And we can know the favor of the Lord. Moses was living under the favor of God. Where that everywhere he went, everything that he touched, it was blessed because he had an divine encounter with God. Encounter means to come to meet or unexpectedly or even in a conflict. A conflict means, means to come into collision or a disagreement. How many know that, that some people in this modern day religion, they, they teach you that, that you don't have to have any kind of conflict or you don't have to have, all you have to do is pray a prayer and, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Now that's the beginning. We, we have to pray a prayer, right? Walk with me now. We have to pray a prayer. We come to him with a godly sorrow and he in no wise cast us out. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. We acknowledge that we're a sinner and we confess that we can't do it without him. But that's just the beginning of the thing. Amen. But then we have to, there, in order for that to really take place, there has to be a conflict in the soul. There is an encounter in the soul, a warfare in the soul of man. And you got to understand spirit, soul, and body. If you don't understand spirit, soul, and body, you'll never understand the scripture. But understanding there is a conflict in the soul. And when there is a conflict in the soul, my soul is warring with, with the, the will of God, is a warring with the will of man. Right? And the will of man says, I can do this all on my own. I can, I'm more, I'm able to do this. I can conquer this. I'm better than this. I'm, I'm stronger than this. I can overcome this. And that's the flesh. I'm smarter than this. And so there is a warfare in the soul of man, the mind, the will, and the emotions that says that I'm, I can do this on my own. But it's a war against the will of God for your life. And the will of God is, is that you die so that Christ can live. That you decrease so that he can increase. So there is a hope on the inside of you that you understand that what I'm doing is not merely by my own gifts and talent and ability, but God is on my side. The joy of the Lord is inside of me his power is available to me and I can overcome but if you don't understand you need God then you will never accept him as your savior and your Lord and there is a vast difference between praying a prayer and accepting him as your savior and your Lord amen when the problems and the issues in your life 
won't bring you a breakthrough and you have a God encounter, it causes the things in your soul to be broken off of you so that you can because God wants you to prosper. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may uh, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So when you meet with divine encounter, when you have an encounter with God, there will be a conflict because it won't let go of you easily. The strongholds of Adam and the Adamic nature won't let go just because you say, I, I think it's a good idea. No, there has to be a clashing. There has to be a breaking. There has to be a release in your soul to know that God is now Lord of your life. Amen? And that's what we want people to experience. Jacob, who was a surplanner, but experienced a breakthrough after divine encounter with God. In Genesis chapter 32, and verses 24 through 30. You remember this story? He said, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled with a man until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. And he said unto him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel. Why? For as a prince, has your, you have power with God and with men and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me what's your name? And he said, wherefore it is, is it that you do ask me my name? And he said, and he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Here we read the story of a man who experienced a divine encounter with God and several positive things happened. Whenever he had an encounter with God, amen, no one would have thought that he would be eligible to have a divine encounter with God. Amen. He wasn't, he wasn't on the holier than thou list. He, he stole his brother's blessing. Even though his brother was careless with his birthright, he, he manipulated him and robbed the blessing from him. Does that sound like somebody God had blessed? Not only that, but by the time he had gone to stay, went and stayed with his uncle Laban, right? And he robs him of his entire flock. I'm not suggesting you do this. While fleeing away from his uncle, he gets the news that kind of frightens him that his brother Esau is, is looking for him. You remember the one he stole the birthright from. He's looking for him and he made a vow when his father died that he was going to kill him. Remember that? He threatens to kill him. And, and, and so Jacob uh, knew that death was hanging around his neck. He knew that this is what he deserved and now it is all coming down. The house is coming down around him. And nobody knew that someone like this would be eligible for an encounter with the Almighty God. Amen. But let me tell you something this morning. Your background doesn't determine your future. 
I'm going to say that again. Your background doesn't determine your future. Something happened to Jacob after his divine encounter. What happened to him? The sentence of death that was hanging around him was canceled off of his life. Amen. The divine encounter canceled the death note that was upon his life. I want to tell you today that whenever we encounter God, one encounter with God can change everything in your life. One encounter with God can cause the death sentence. It can cause everything that's been hanging on to you or hanging around you can be shifted and turned in one time of an experience. That's the reason why I say that one millisecond in his presence is better than anything else in your life. It can heal you of what doctors can't heal. It can mend what cannot be mended by man or anyone else. Why? Because when you're in his presence, there's the potential of anything taking place. Amen. 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 Cause prosperity to come to his life. He enjoyed life. And it wasn't because of manipulation. It was because of the blessing. It was because of the encounter. Amen. The divine encounter led to his prosperity, but also health. And that's what is your portion in the name of Jesus. So that's your portion. Jacob experienced the name change. Name plays a significant role throughout the scripture. Amen? In particular, in the Old Testament, we see that people were named and they lived out their name. It was either a blessing or a curse. Right? Ichabod was not a good name. But people had an encounter with God and they had a name change. At One Life Church, we believe that it is natural to see the supernatural. We believe that people should come here and have a name change. Abram had an encounter with God and his name was changed to Abraham, the father of a multitude. Saul was on his way to kill the Christians when he had a God encounter and his name was changed to Paul. Amen. Where people have a God encounter every week. Where people can experience God every week. Where people's names can be changed every week. That's what we desire here in this house. Is for people to have an encounter with God that will change their names. Change their name from sinner to redeem. Change their name from bound to free. Change their name from addicted to delivered. Change their name from junker to sober. Change their name from bitter to happy. Change their name from sorrow to joy. Change their name from broken to being whole. Amen. What is an encounter? Having an encounter with God is more than just a distinct admiration of God or an emotional feeling but having a God encounter is when you are face to face with God when you are living in his goodness and his grace and you know that his power is real in your life an encounter with Jesus is where the chains of the world fall off and the devil has no grip on your life anymore while Jesus was on his way to heal a 12-year-old girl dying. 
a woman steps up and determines in her life she's going to have a God encounter. Amen. Jesus wasn't even on his way to her, but she got in the middle between him and going to the 12-year-old girl. There's a whole lot of preaching right there. Because this girl was 12 years old. And the woman has the infirmity for 12 years. But he can't heal the little girl until he heals the old woman. The picture is the old woman is the church. And there's no use of healing the young girl that's coming up if he can't get the house healed first. There's no reason to bring young ones into the house that's bleeding. Amen. There's no use of raising up children in the house of God. That's the reason we endeavor to be a multi-generational church. Is in, in, in a house has to be whole so that a generation coming up from behind us has, a, has an atmosphere where they can encounter God. Amen. I'm not interested one bit in having a political correct church. I'm not interested one bit in having a church where the people can come in full of sin and leave full of sin. I'm interested in a church where the people, the generation rises up and sees what I seen growing up. You can call me old-fashioned if you want to, but that's the reason why I'm a part of the kingdom of God today is because I've seen the miraculous. I've seen the supernatural. I've, I've known God's power and His grace in my life, and nobody can talk me out of it. And I'm telling you today that we have to have a place where the people have a God encounter, amen, where that the thing that cannot be explained is done anyhow. Amen. To have an encounter with God, you have to be desperate. If you're okay with where you are, you'll never have a God encounter. Amen. Even if you're saved and you're okay with just being pulled through a rat hole backwards and someday getting to heaven, then that's all you'll ever get. But if there is a hunger on the inside of you to know the things of God, Know the more of God. To know that there's more to God than what I have experienced. And I desire the more of God. I desire to have another personal encounter. Because how many know you can have one more than one encounter? But you can encounter God. on, and, and when you have that encounter, it will take you to another level. It will change your name. But it also take you to a place of knowing Him in a greater level and a greater experience. Because whenever God, when you have a God encounter, God isn't just interested in you feeling all fuzzy. He's not interested in me feeling all fuzzy. He wants us to know each other better. He wants me to know him and him to know me. I know he knows me, but I got to know him. Amen. And so the God encounter is so that we can ex I can experience God and I can know him as real. All throughout the scriptures, people would encounter God and their lives would be changed. Elijah was in a cultural war. Somewhat like we are today. How many know all this junk going on in the political system isn't just about politics? 
What you see, and I'll say this, and I may have said it before, but what you see in the political system is only a mirror of what's going on in the spirit. And I'm telling you, there's a war going on for America right now. There is a battle at the heart of our land for the, for the, for the things of God that is versing the things of the evil and darkness. And the church in America better wake up. We better. We better. I'm telling you. Because this is our window of opportunity. This is our moment. And if we don't get a solid roots in the ground and we don't build on a firm foundation now, tomorrow our next generation, if God tarries, is going to be in a mess in America. You hear me? I'm not, you know I'm not gloom and doom, but I, I'm no reality too. And this is where we're at. And there's a war that is going on in the realm. And that's the reason why we've got to have a real encounter with God. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I'm not mad at nobody but the devil. But this little fluffy thing that is called a church in America, it'll crumble in a moment whenever the darkness and the powers of hell come against it and people don't have enough word in them to be able to stand for their own soul, let alone stand for the gospel. The devil is a liar. I'm not, I, I'm not saying big churches are wrong. I'm not saying little churches. What I'm saying is we've got to have a God encounter if it's a 10,000-member church church or 10 people in the church you better have an encounter with God where that you know he is real and say I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation I know he's my savior he's my lord he's my redeemer amen and so we're in a cultural war. Elijah was in a cultural war and he said let the God who answers by fire be God yeah. Amen. How many of us know God good enough to do that? You know the story. I don't want to be too much longer today. <coughs> but let the God who answers by fire. Amen. Let him be God. You know the story, right? Baal, you go first. Elijah didn't just challenge him. He antagonized them. They're up there doing their chants, doing all their stuff, building their, trying to get their fire going, screaming, hollering, doing, and, and, and Elijah says, maybe you need to holler louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom. That's what it translates. Maybe, maybe he's taking a vacation. Holler a little louder. He's on a journey. Right? And he's antagonizing him. And he just keeps on going on and on and, 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 and laughing. I can see him over there under the tree laughing and saying, <laughs> Where's he at? About dinner time. Right? But he has so much confidence in God. Whenever they get done with all they mustered up. How many know at the end of the day when we have mustered up all we can muster up in the flesh, it's still in vain? There's still no fire. But Elijah, when he stepped up, he said, I want you to go get me some barrels of water. It was the most precious commodity of the day. But yet it was soaking, it was soaking that which he was calling fire down on. You know the story. But then he prays, what, a 38-word prayer? May these people know that, the, that you are God and answer by fire. And the Bible said that the fire of God came and it fell upon the sacrifice, burned up the wood and licked up the water in the trenches. 
Amen. I wonder if we don't see the miraculous because we never put it to the opportunity for it. I don't know. The three Hebrew boys had an encounter. Right? They'd have never had the encounter had they given in to the status quo of the day. They'd have never give, had an encounter with God had they said, well, you know, that's just the way the system is. It's just the way the culture is. It's just, it's what everybody's doing today. We'll, we'll just kind of go with it. No, they'd have never experienced God on that level. But because they made a statement, they made a bold statement that we're not going to bow down to your idol gods. We're not going to worship at your shrines. We're not going to do this. We're going to serve the Lord. It was because of that, amen, as they were thrown into the, into the fiery furnace, it was God that showed up in the middle of the fire. Amen. Did we not cast three men tied and bound in the fiery flames? But he said, yet there's three men loose and walking around, but there's four men now. And the fourth man looks like the son of God. Amen. I want to tell you today that you, you may go through your life and you may have some fire around you. You may have some trouble around you, but never discredit that God shows up in the fire. Never discredit that God will show up in the den of lions. Never discredit that he shows up in the unexpected place and you see his goodness. You have an encounter. Don't you know when they walked out of that fiery furnace that there was an admiration for them. There was a, a high honor for them. Why? Because what came to consume them could not destroy them. I tell you today that when we have an encounter with God, those things the enemy brings against us will not be able to prosper but we will get out of it and we will go through it and we will prevail by the power of a living Christ. Amen. I could go on and on today in Acts 9 and 3 through 13, where Saul's name was changed to Paul, he encountered God as he was killing Christians. Another one qualified, right? Killing God's people that had a God encounter that shifted his life. Amen? Paul and Silas were bound in the fire, excuse me, in the prison. And it was while they were in the prison bound, hound and foot, that they have a God encounter. Something caused them to be able to look beyond their physical circumstances and situations and pushed into his presence. And their lives were changed. The disciples in the middle of the storm, when the storm was raging, they had a God encounter. In the fourth watch of the night, nine o'clock in the morning, or three o'clock in the morning, excuse me, they come, he comes, Jesus comes walking on the water. No matter where you are or what you're going through, don't ever discredit you can have a God encounter where you are. Amen. This shows us no matter what we're going through in our lives, we can still encounter God. Amen. The thing that is necessary is that we have a desire, we have a passion, we have a hunger for the things of the Spirit. And if we have it, there is the more. 
No matter how much you've experienced, there is more. Amen. Sister Hilda, I've been on this journey a long time, haven't you? Amen. But there's still more. Amen. Glory to God. No matter how long we've been walking, we've got to have a hunger for it. And how many be honest today and say that there's times in our life where it's easy to get off track? It's easy to just settle. It's easy to be complacent. It's easy to get a spirit of apathy and complacency satisfied. Because after all, I'm on my way to heaven. After all, after, after all of this is over, I'm, I'm going to go to heaven. But why not have some heaven here? Why not experience him in the now? And to know him. I want to know him more. Don't you? I want to know him more. Stand with me please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Sister Debbie, I want to pray for you today. it's in Ezekiel 16 and 6 he said I've passed by you and when I passed by you I've seen you in your own blood but he said to live amen and so today don't know where the source is or what's going on but we know God a divine encounter changes everything we don't have to know amen I'm sure you're not interested in all the knows so today in the name of Jesus stretch your hands this way today in the name of Jesus I call upon the healing power <laughs> glory to God the healing power of the living Christ the encounter of divine healing upon sister Debbie's body in the name of Jesus you said lay hands upon Debbie and she shall be made whole I lay my hands upon her now in the name of Jesus and I command every abnormalcy to cease and to stop. I command the blood to cease and to stop and to begin to flow properly and normally as you created and designed it to. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you now that you're touching her. I thank you now that you're making her whole. In the name of Jesus, I take authority. Never can know I have authority over you. And I take
Praise God. How many here today want a God encounter? Just want God, you want to experience Him in a deeper level, in a greater way. I want Him to astound us. I want Him to amaze us. I want Him to be all in all. Amen. Hallelujah. If there's a hunger in your heart today, I want you just to come and stand here. Come and stand in His presence. by the stillness of this moment because there's a heaviness of God that's coming His presence comes to the hungry if you'll go after Him today you'll experience Him you'll encounter Him His goodness and His grace is flowing Hallelujah come on just go after Him with your heart today Hallelujah go after Him God, I, I need you. I've got to have you. It's more than just a want to. It's a got to. I've got to encounter you today. I've got to know your power and your presence today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Go after him today. Just go after him today.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing it one more time strong. Leave me astounded. Leave me amazed. Come on, let's sing it strong. Show us your glory. Let heaven invade. We're waiting with worship. We're waiting with praise. For the almighty presence of God to it. Oh, come on, let's do it again. Leave me astounded. we don't just want it, we desire it. We give you permission to interrupt our lives, invade us, let us encounter you, God, in supernatural ways, God, ways that may seem foolish to the world, but have transformed our life for your goodness, because we know every good and perfect gift comes from above. So, Father, we know that you don't do anything that brings us harm, only blessing. And we thank you for the blessing of the Lord and the God encounters that change our life. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for the, the encounter of hope and peace and victory and joy. 
let us experience them over and over in our lives today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Fathers, we go from this place this morning. I pray that you help us to be a blessing as we engage our culture with love this afternoon. God, that it'll be a reality that someone will see the love of Christ through the things that we do. Bring honor and glory and praise to your name. I pray, Father, that as we fulfill the vision of One Life Church, this is, this is your heart. This is what you've given us to do. And so I just pray, God, that you give us the strength, the boldness, the grace to accomplish the vision of the house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.